Check. Check, check, check. Can you give us a check? Check, check, check. How's it going? Looking good? Where am I? Turn her, turn her. Hi, can you hear me? Hit this. No, she's good. She's good. Which one's she? She's four, three. What program is this? Logic. Me. Oh, we're like music people. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is my background. <laughs> By the way, this sound is better than the sound in the studio. It kind of is. Yeah, it sounds like tinny and echoey over there. Yeah. Um, weird, huh? Yeah, weird, bro. This podcast starts a banging start. We're the recording. Mics the mics are better, dude. I I spared no expense, but it's the podcast is making so much money. It's worth it, right? <laughs> they haven't even lifted a finger for sponsors yet. It's so stupid. That's your job. Is anyway, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's part of my job. Hey guys, welcome. None of that counts. What we just talked about. Welcome to the afterlife. There's this is this is always fun when someone who I don't know at all. I know vaguely through social medias, but I know that you're friends with Tommy Wakefield. We have Jane Johnson guy. here. Jane Johnson with an S-E-N, which, are you Scandinavian? Yes, Norwegian. Boom, nailed Boom, it. Boom, baby, nailed it. You don't look Norwegian. Raised in an Ikea. I, uh, I'm 8% Norwegian. Not to you brag. are? I mean, yeah. you look 88% Norwegian. I thought I was like 100% Scotch-Irish. But they luckily, came over. Like they came over. Vikings and they came people. over and fucked the chambermaids in yep. Ireland. That's <laughs> same. Same with mine. Yeah. What's your heritage, Tommy? Oh, it was a lot of English and Irish, but le they came over. You know. Oh yeah, they those did. Vikings. Yeah. And we're and we're and there's no bad blood about it. You know, it was a long time ago. Yeah. This is so awkward. No, there's something very cool <laughs> about being Norwegian. I think. Oh, totally. They're strong people. Yeah, they're Vikings, right? Vikings. I mean, yeah. 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 So that was the coldest people how, on the planet. How Norwegian are you? Are you like first generation, second generation? Oh, God. Uh, my great-grandpa was the one who came over in the boat. Anthony yeah. Reinhardt Johnson. That's pretty... What number is that? He is that third that, generation? He rode that boat himself. When did he come yeah. over in the boat? I After slavery. That's what you're supposed to say. Way before I was born. Yes, way before you were born. Your great-grandfather great is <laughs> pretty like... Because, look, my people came over in the 1900s, so I'm clear. But... um. So way before you're born, and <laughs> Clearly. so my people came early, but north, Maine and Canada, mm, Maine and Canada. You sure about that? Mm -hmm. You have some Jamestown people I'm in there. I'm 100 percent sure. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a dumb argument. Anyway, um, and poor, poor northern. So uh oh, where in the north did they move? Maine and Canada. Maine. Although one of them got into mining, and he became very rich. Yeah, I always talk about how my family. We didn't get, how do you we know didn't get that money. This? That's the other side. Cause my dad's into he's my dad's old and into genealogy. Yeah. If you get past a certain age, you just start yeah. doing research. Cause you got After you're done to do. with stamps That's and true. coins, you do genealogy. The second you retire, you start just researching Absolutely. your family. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, both your parents Norwegian. Uh, just my dad's side was Norwegian. I don't know much about. You my haven't mom's done the side. twenty for Christmas. I have not done the twenty three and me. It's do too. It. No clone you, and then I. It's can't just gonna be a anymore. whole different shades of white, like. It's not. What do I need to know? Yeah, but there's some there's some white that's better. Let's be honest. Okay, what are you ranking whites? I'm ranking <laughs> whites right now. <laughs> oh I'm ranking whites. This is heading in a great direction. Because because, <laughs> let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Irish, not the best white. What? Scotch. Irish is cool. They're not the best drunk white. little no, bitches. No, no, no. Russian, it's a badass white. Really? Norwegian, it's kind of a badass white. Here's the thing. I would want to get into a fight less 
with a Russian, but Russians aren't Russians. I don't know. Here's the thing. You don't, don't think, think that Russians cool. are badass? They're Russians badass, but they're not friendly. Sh- yeah, like but that's not white. Bill's argument. He said it's Irish a badass white Russians. This and that's is gonna be, look, I'm going to drop some <laughs> right. Depends what your values are. I don't want to <laughs> be scary. Both are drinking, but Russians are scary drinkers, and then Irish are just Every funny man wants to be a little scary. All right. Look, I'll say this. Every woman wants to be a little scary. That's true. Do they? Maybe everyone wants to be a scary. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. You, you, want, you want people on their toes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, I want them on everyone their toes wants to be a little feared. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I might have a pot of gold or something, you know. Isn't that bad? Tommy, have you had your Bang Energy drink yet, or are you just this wired? Anyway, I Tommy, drink a lot of coffee. What kind of influencer day. are you if you don't have a Bang Energy? Hey. Uh, by the way, everyone follow Tommy on Twitter because his goal is to get 3,000 Twitter followers by, by the end of the year. I'm hey, going to hit it. Same at Jane Johnson. At Jane Wouldn't Johnson. that be crazy if I just started yesterday trying to get 3,000 followers and I beat Tommy at his own goal and he told me all the could. tricks? I it's think could. possible that you could do that. <laughs> I'm not. And if I keep following all of Heather Pretty McDonald's girls followers, have an edge on the internet. <laughs> they do. And I, tweet about top. BravoCon. I'll get all the followers. What is BravoCon? Is that like the Real Housewives? <laughs> it was the first ever like convention. Yeah, of all the Real Housewives. When was yeah. that? And so Tommy was like, "Hey, I'm trying to get all these followers on Twitter." So yesterday was BravoCon. Uh-huh. So I started tweeting a bunch about Bravo shit and following everyone at BravoCon, and I got a bunch of followers. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> you got to be hyper-targeted, move. you know? Mm-hmm. Adapt. I think we should have a competition between two tonight. Race to 3,000. Race to 3,000? Where are you at right now? I honestly am at like 500-something. It's a little unfair. Well, it's unfair because Tommy's doing really well. He has a lot of people who it. really care. Yeah, he's really And really I, he's I really don't. care, but... They definitely, uh, I'm just tweeting into an abyss at this point. Look, and Bill Dawes' podcast is going to help that for both of us. <laughs> for sure, yes. everyone is tweeting into an abyss. <laughs> There's one guy. Literally, the thing about Twitter is one guy got a writing job in like 2012. And mm. we've all just been going off of that. Exactly. Just desperately throwing jokes out for free. Everyone wants to be Kelly Oxford and be the Canadian housewife who gets discovered by Patton Oswalt, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um, I, I've been getting a lot of Twitter... I'm not following the rules you're following. I will just have maybe a little bit of Ambien or weed, and mm-hmm. I'll just tweet at someone. Like, oh I tweeted no. at Ilana. That is insane. Bill doesn't get Twitter, I don't think. No. <laughs> but I, I tweeted. You, like, publicly tweet at them. You don't even DM. Of do not I tweeted. I, this is what I tweeted, okay? <laughs> you can't just get on Ambien, wait, and then go on social media. So this it's never going to end well. What, <laughs> hap- what happened was, so this is what happened. <laughs> Il, Il, Ilhan Omar, I just don't care for her. I think she's shady as fuck. You're taking Ambien, going on Twitter, and then negatively and I'm trolling Ilhan Democratic Omar. leaders, trolling people. And I'm a liberal, so I said, I said, mm-hmm. I said. She goes, you know what? <laughs> Isn't that what Trump did? She goes, if I'm too far, it goes, if I'm too far left because I believe in healthcare for all, and I'm too far left. Then, I, yeah, then I'm too far left. And everyone's like, yay, Ilhan. And I go, mm-hmm. no, you're too far left because you married your brother and you want the destruction of Israel. As a liberal, let me say you suck, right? Just as a as an offhanded tweet. Did she marry it, her brother? Let what me tell you this: everyone, everyone who's listening to this, research it. Mm-hmm. She one hundred percent married her brother, dude. What does that mean? If she married it her brother, it means that she wanted her brother. Her brother wanted to be an American citizen and get a green card. Oh, okay. So she married him. 
Which, by the way, I don't have a problem with. I almost married so many stupid models in New York in my 20s who were like, Mm -hmm. I'll give you $15,000 to marry me. And I was like, can I do that? Listen, all I got to say about that, that's the game, baby. That's the game, baby. You know what I mean? That's that's 100% But anyway, So I wrote that flippantly, and it literally has like 500 likes. So now all these Republicans are like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you tell them, Bill. And I'm going like, wait, Trump is an asshole, and I hate Trump, so don't try to MAGA me now. I'm not a MAGA guy. But now everyone hates me. You're asking to get maggot. Yeah. You, you're weird, right in a weird Twitter line, because, like, I agree that you're not necessarily in the wrong for disagreeing with her, but also being a liberal. But that's not how Twitter works. No, Twitter's that's you're one or the Twitter other. That's how Twitter works. You're just doing Twitter suicide, as far as I I'm I feel concerned. like the whole point of this story was to learn how many models wanted to marry you. Okay. <laughs> no, by the way, they didn't want to marry me because they wanted to marry me. They're like, look, I'm here on town. They want to live in the U.S. You, are, you, are, want to live you look, in like, US. look like pushover. Should I start doing that like to people? To, to yeah. <laughs> like literally putting on a Russian accent and being like, I want to live here and see if it works. It will work. Do you want to get married? Work. Yeah. Really? I mean, I want to like Ugh. be in love. Okay, so, so let's get back to that you. That plan's not going to Let's get back work. to you, Jane Jensen. That plan's so, um, <laughs> Follow her on so, Twitter. That was the point of that segment. <laughs> So let's get a little bit of the biopic here. You are from where originally? From Chicago. Well, originally I was born on the East Coast, lived internationally for when I was growing up, second grade. What does that mean you lived internationally? Like three years old, was in Australia for almost a year. Is that and like then, military? No, my, just my dad's job in advertising or whatever, mm. marketing. And then so the whole family would move. Is it you? Yeah, mom, we moved. And brothers, for, sisters. We only lived there for eight months, but we were in Australia. And then that's cool. And then, uh, like kindergarten to second grade, I was in England. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then, and then second grade, Chicago, on until I moved here four years. Do you have ago. any memories? I, I don't know what my first memory. Do you have memories of England? When you're in second grade? From that, yeah, I have memories. But, like, Australia, not really, because yeah. I was three. I mean, I don't think I remember young. anything before, like, fourth grade. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I like had a British grade. accent then. Did you really? Yeah. Can you can you drop into it really easily? I I can, but I don't want to oversell it, you know? But I can do it. Oversell it. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, So when you landed in Chicago, were you like, I'm a little more interesting than these people, you know? Yeah, we like, part of Chicago. We like, that part of Chicago where people say, "Hey, look at the photographer." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I what I learned is that like, I can oh, I can adapt my accent pretty easily. That's good because That's a good I think skill. now I generally have a Valley Girl accent. Really speaking, probably. Is that I chosen? mean, people don't like listen to. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> think you have a Valley Girl accent. <laughs> well, people, I I don't know. You, thank you. That's good. But people don't like hear me, and they're like, "Oh, she's for sure from Chicago." Yeah. You know, right? No, I don't hear Chicago accent at all. Yeah. What's no. funny is I know a lot of people from Canada who have completely normal, a- you can't hear the accent, and they'll be like, hey, can you hear me my big? <laughs> Just on the word big. My big? Be- mm. Like B-E-G, my big. My big. It's so That's crazy. Yeah, certain are. vowels for sure. Um, so Chicago, were you part of the, the John Hughes school system? Uh, no, I actually, just north. Just, just north, north. Um, Lake Forest High School. Lake Forest like High School. Where that must have been some movie. They shot Ordinary People there, oh, which okay. wasn't that a depressing movie? That's so depressing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ocean's Twelve, they shot there. Okay. Okay. Your school? 
not at my school oh, right. specifically, but at my so train sorry. station. And oh, George Clooney so and that, I had that, a moment. Wait, wait. You had a moment with George Clooney? Yeah. You look like his type. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. That is the sweetest and by that thing I mean, anyone's ever by that said I mean, me. so much younger than him. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, what was the moment? Zing. He just uh, like did double take. Zing. Honestly, I'll take anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, why he, we're coming for you, Clooney. He he came out of the bank after shooting his scene, walked straight towards me. This whole mob of townspeople surrounded us. We were trapped in a mob of people. He was signing all these autographs. I was pressed up against his chest. What? <laughs> How were you pressed up against his chest? Because there was a mob of people that, that pushed you. I mean, this sounds that, like, like being shoved up a, a, us up against each other. Uh-huh. I I was like almost gonna faint, but I couldn't because I was pressed up against him. Yeah. And then he signed my T-shirt that I bought at Walgreens. It said like. Forest were you wearing on it? it? I think so. So almost <laughs> it's like because I had nothing else for him to sign, so I just like, was like, sign this yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> I was like twelve. Oh, you were twelve. <laughs> I was literally so young. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. So I don't want to say you're George Clooney's type in that case. Well, you said he likes young people, so. <laughs> that was the <laughs> best start joke. start rumors. That was the best joke for, like, what was it, the Golden Globes, where they talked about the movie uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler talked about the movie Gravity. They said, mm-hmm. it's a movie about how George Clooney would rather die alone in space, space and spend time with a woman <laughs> his own age. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. Oh, so good. Yes, Boom. I remember that. Oh, that was so good. So Perfect. when I think yeah. about a Chicago suburban high school, I think about the high school that like I wanted to go to when I was mm-hmm. like a lot of people very like you, there's energy there. Yeah. And like there's stuff going on. Yeah. The the that Ferris Bueller's. Yes. High school. The mean girls type high school. Yeah. That was all like same area. Pretty yeah. much. Ours was a little smaller. It looked like uh, it was like some old like mansion that got converted to a high school and then just added on to. It was like got it. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was and cool. Where did you go to college? I went to University of Illinois. You love how I assumed that she went to college? Come on. We all went to college, right? <laughs> sure. Is that shitty? Like, where do you go to college? Because you didn't get out. So University of <laughs> Illinois. So you, s- Tommy went to college, right? No. No. What? No, I did. I Tommy went to art school, raised though. It wasn't dumpster. really college. Yeah. Well, college never counts for anything. <laughs> it was um, actually an arts conservatory. It was an arts Whoa. school. Did you have to audition to get in? Kind of, but it was the film school, so I like had to show a reel. Yeah, you what, what your reel. I had to write. They put us in a room and they gave us thirty minutes to write a short story. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to see what you came up with. Oh, it was. I just ripped off Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> but it, Star it Wars ripped off, you know. Yeah, exactly. Hamlet or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. That was that Lion was a Lion King, King lift yeah. off Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So college, you know, co- the <laughs> college is usually when people start getting interested in comedy. But I've heard that you. We're in a corporate route for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How did you experience? even know that? I did a very minimal amount of vetting. A minimal amount of vetting. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have stuff to talk about that are cultural issues that we're going to get into later, but I want to get a little bit more of this. So you went to Illinois for? Yeah, I was there for the whole time, did advertising, went to Chicago, was working in advertising. At a big company, fancy, at, yeah. glass yeah, dream Everyone. job at the time, Ogilvy and Mather. It's like yes, what it's Mad huge. Men was based off of. Yeah. yeah, was working on some big brands there. And you, was that feeling uh, fulfilling to you? Were you doing that? Going, this is awesome. I I initially was like, yeah, this is awesome, and then like it 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 just uh, I don't know. I feel like 
I went in being like, oh, this is the business of creativity. This is so cool. I'm going to be yeah. making up ads and blah, blah, blah. But then the track I ended up going into was like the client facing, like, I'm the one setting up and scheduling the meetings and being like, pay us and blah, 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 oh, you know. Yeah. But I wasn't like writing the ads or making it up. And that's what I kind of liked about it initially. Yeah. So uh, I was kind of bored. With yeah. that whole so you didn't thing. have those John I felt like I was babysitting like, a bunch yeah. of men who were like, we don't want to write this. And then I was like, fine, I'll just write it. And then I was just like, were annoyed. you doing things where you were writing, <laughs> writing, were you doing things like writing copy and being creative and people were taking your ideas? Was uh, that part of the, I mean, like that wasn't necessarily my job. Mine yeah. was to sell other people's ideas. And that's what pissed me off. Yeah. Because I was like, I want to be, coming up with the ideas did you feel that that was inherent sexism in the advertising or do you think it was just the nature of that company at the time i th i think that there is a bit of a trickle-down effect in the way that people um move into the roles that they move into within advertising because when it first started off in like Mad Men days it was like all of the women were secretaries yes. like Every single woman was a secretary answering phones, working at the at the door, you know, checking people in. And the guys were the ones who came up with the ideas. And it still kind of carries over where only 3% of men in, in the top roles in every ad agency, or sorry, 3% of the top roles in every ad agency are women. Yes. And 97% are. 3% of the men in the top yeah. roles are women. Which we about that to me is 97% are men. If, if the argument that people make about wage gap and all that shit is that men are there's some jobs that women just don't want and women are drawn to jobs that are more like teaching and preschool and stuff like that that mm -hmm. men aren't drawn to uh, a lot of people want to excuse the wage gap on that but something like advertising most consumerism is from females right yeah exactly the women so why the wouldn't women be the stuff. ones who would have a better grasp on what people want to hear you yeah. think right yeah Logically. and it's like changing so much and like there's progress being made but sea level it's mostly men uh -huh. and in creative roles I think it's just like maybe not as encouraged or people aren't promoted as much because like by the time you get to the top it's like less women which is why like I always really was like inspired by the women who were at the top because I was like wow you really you really did the damn thing. Do you feel that the the women who made it to the top were difficult? Do you think you need to be inherently difficult? And I don't want to say a B word, but you need to be kind of kind of nasty. To, I mean, because I feel like I male CEOs they were need brilliant. to be just brilliant. Yeah, they were just brilliant, and and their work spoke for themselves. Yeah. And they they weren't like tricking anybody like yeah. they fucking earned it you know yes, what i mean got it. like those women earned it and they were great business women and i do think to some extent i mean some of them were like making fucking banks so it's like their their husband was a stay-at-home dad you know god that's what i want brilliant business badass yeah booyah the yeah. four b's of business now why don't <laughs> women want a guy who's booyah willing to be is the key one <laughs> mm -hmm. why, why yeah. don't women want a guy who, who is willing to be a stay-at-home dad i've made that pitch before i'm like you look you're a badass honestly if i was like making enough money and like killing it at life like i could be down for that for sure yeah but i think i've come to terms with the fact that i want somebody who's killing it just a little more than I am at all times. 
I feel that is a general <laughs> feeling from yeah. a lot of women. Women is like they want to succeed, but they want their man to succeed a little bit more. Yeah, because I'm like, I want my money and my success to go towards my handbags. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my money is the, the fun money. Yeah. And their money is the money that keeps the boat afloat. Money, right? The health, the car insurance, (laughs) the house insurance, the kids in school. You know, and how can we do that if I'm the one supporting him? Of course. So you're doing this job, (laughs) and you're working this. You're working. By the way, you know, I remember when um, back in the day when I hung out with fancy people. Tommy, are you on board? Oh, with that. Start making that that paper. (laughs) Tommy, you'd be a great stay-at-home dad. Uh, right. I mean, that's my dad was a stay-at-home dad. Was he really? Mm-hmm. That's he didn't awesome. Work? He retired when uh, I was four. Retired from worked. what? From business. Was he that he successful, or was he just like I'm done? He had enough money to retire Good and put him. my Jesus mom Christ. through school. Damn, your dad was a pimp. Yeah, he was killing it. And then, and then my mom, off the uh, schooling, just worked the yeah. whole time. And my dad uh, was chilling. Got social security. Yeah, and which uh, is weird to me because wow. I would think if your dad was stay-at-home dad, you probably played a lot of catch. Why did you become a nerd who wasn't into sports? Like, what's that about? Because my dad is a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> did your dad cool. dance with you? Uh, yeah, my dad did dance a little bit. <laughs> that's so oh, that's cute. Right. My dad's an interesting dude. He was like a male cheerleader for a while. What? Then he was in the Air this Force. This explains so much. That was a male cheerleader? For a this little explains bit. so much. No wonder much. you're so supportive of women, Tommy. My dad loves women. Yeah, your dad literally held them up. Very pro-women. Did he instill in you at a young age to be super supportive of everything female? For sure. And also, my mom is like a badass who just does whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. And then he supports her. Yeah. You know? Cool. And then he kind of takes care of the house. But but he still asserts his manliness. He's like, I'm still the king. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? He's like, I'm the king, but whatever the queen wants is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Here's a perfect example. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, when I think fun. about and this so is going to sound, this is going to be a little name droppy and sound shitty, but. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> I remember back names. in the day when I was friends with fancy people, I was like at like a double date or triple date with um, Anne Hesh and her husband, who was the nicest guy, and he was a stay-at-home dad. And yeah. he was just like, good looking guy, but just kind of like sort of demure and retiring, and I really liked this guy. And then. I read in the papers years later that she left him for the studly dude from Men in Trees. Hmm. Like, what more of a metaphor could that be? She left him for the lead in Men in Trees about guys in the Alaskan wilderness cutting down trees or whatever the fucking show is about. Yeah. And so they always think that women can often want a man who's going to support them unconditionally, but also lose respect and want a man who's going to be like the brawny paper towel guy too See, yeah no i need a nerd yeah okay like a like a hot nerd though not mm-hmm. like you know taller than me has glasses, no glasses might time, wear them sorry. during sex you know what i mean Ooh, fog them up me? yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> someone who reads more than me can tell oh, me yeah. the cliff notes oh, while i'm wow. just like eating bonbons on a shiz lounge that sounds pretty good. That sounds good. Was that like a mind fucker? Is that what that is? <laughs> I saw that in Serpico. <laughs> what? You're a, a, you're a girl who's attracted fucker? to guys who are smarter than you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Like just like beam them up out of some Ivy League school <laughs> right okay. before they get it to SNL and just drop them down onto you my front like lawn. You like a Colin Jost. Yes. You know I mean? mm. Colin Jost is perfect. Yes. However, he is taken by the hottest woman on the planet. So right. He's kind of killing the game. We need a secret Colin Jost that mm. I'm manifesting on this podcast. A secret Colin Jost. If you're a secret Colin Jost, 
So you're doing this job, this corporate job. Call in, call in if you're a secret Colin Joe's. Oh, we got a call right now. Yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> Should I use are my we real really phone that act number? <laughs> How many people listen to this? Honestly, hey, I'm, follow uh, me on I'm Twitter. I'm from uh-huh. Follow me on and Twitter. And I'm very hot. Okay, how tall are you? <laughs> I'm about <clears throat> five six, but uh, I have big shoes. <laughs> you have big Go shoes. Go on. I'm a huge dick. <laughs> Huge, huge dick. Very attractive. Uh, we haven't, we haven't gotten to that with uh, our guest yet. You know what they Short say people about are all very attractive. Have you noticed that's that? the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Short people are all very attractive. They are. Like they're they short, are. But they're it's, hot. It's literally How every many hot ass five four dudes. Every five four dude is yes. So fucking and hot. they're all here. <laughs> every hot so actor every, is five You're four. basically saying every Mexican's hot. Is what you're saying. I, I <laughs> okay. do. I also think that. Yes. Literally like, every hot actor here is short as hell. Most famous actors are like. They're like four feet tall. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Oh. I remember when I was in college, there was this beautiful, Maya Sherwood, I should look her up. She's a beautiful uh-huh. Puerto Rican girl. And she said, <laughs> she's like, she how now? tall are you? I don't know. But she's, she was like from Puerto Rico. She was so hot. And she said, <laughs> she said, you know, it's like in Puerto Rico, we have the theory of L. Oh. About the, uh, what's the theory of L? Tall men, short men. <laughs> so you don't see the visual here, but a tall man, I'm doing the, Long and L set. So tall man, here's a tall man, and here's their penis, the thumb. Uh-huh. Here's a short man, and here's a penis so index finger. Short, short men have wide huge So sh- short, in Puerto Rico, the stereotype is that shorter men have bigger penises, probably because most Puerto Ricans are shorter. <laughs> well, that's nice. And that's a way for them to go. So she, so I never forgot the theory of L. The, the theory uh-huh. of L. Yeah. I don't know if it's a real thing or she just was, that was where I'm tell, telling well, me Well, people that have she a lot of great me. theories about short guys because- yeah. They have to work for it and all this stuff. But there's also the Napoleon Abs- complex Which is the thing, most relevant I thing. I feel is the most relevant. Absolutely. I think it's just comics adding spin to their own insecurities. Yes. Mm. No, th- <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I feel like short men... Like, Tommy, why am I always controversial? I feel like short men are the equivalent of obese women. I'm not saying That's the F fair. word. No, no, no. I hear what you're saying. Because they hate On themselves. On all these dating apps, there's the, the six-foot line that these women have arbitrarily made Six i love foot. it when women are dating apps and they make all these do demands women actually say i won't like yeah a lot of six feet over say six feet or over yeah are you serious absolutely i mean in my head my brain hovers around six feet yeah but that is the equivalent of dudes but i don't put no it fatties. on my profile you know what i mean what guys, write guys no say that? No, no, no. Guys I've never don't seen that. Write that but I've never seen that. The same thing almost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they think that. No fatties would be a horrible thing to write. Yes. But like no guys under six feet, that's maybe similar. It is similar. I'm six one, so I'm like I'm fine. So you can but, be a heightist. But I can see you're how just that would be raking hurtful. it in. I can see how that would be hurtful. So you can be heightist, but you can't be fattest. Right. Which is sort of Reverse sexism in a way, maybe? I Although I guess men can be heightest. Men can be like... That was such no an A to C leap. I don't know. <laughs> I just keep thinking about that Jimmy Carr bit. He was talking about these, making these jokes, and this woman comes up and goes, this big heavy woman comes up and goes, how dare you, you're fattest. And he's like, no, you are. Anyway, it's a stupid joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, let's get Anyways, back you to... you want a hot nerd. Yes, a hot nerd. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of hot nerds. For sure. Just don't go out, go with people behind the camera. Go after people yeah, behind the camera. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Editors, Smart. like what Julia Roberts did. She got the the nerdy AD, who's also a bit of a stud. Danny yeah. Motor or something. Like that, and he he's he's a genius. He's yeah. an artistic. Calm down. <laughs> I mean, he's an artistic genius. Where do you get that from? He was wasn't he a camera operator? Yeah, but he does great. DPs do great work. Yeah. 
is he a DP they, or is he a camera operator? He's a DP. All right. After he married Julia Roberts, he became a DP. He's I'm a assuming. DP. All right. So you're on the corporate. We got. I know we, my nerds. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> You should make a book of hot nerds. Nerd Wikipedia. Oh my god, that would honestly be the best vision board ever. Who's the hottest nerd? Yeah, out there we right should now? make a hot nerd calendar. Who's the hottest nerd in the game right now? Well, I I think like nerd is loose. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. really, like Jake Gyllenhaal is so hot, but he's not a nerd. No, he's yeah. not a nerd. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, he might play a nerd in a I, movie. Yeah, and then you're attracted to him. Yeah, like you know, Jesse like you know, Eisen's, like in the holiday, Eisenstadt in the Berg. holiday when Jude what? Law is supposed to be this like tragic guy, but uh-huh. he's like just this really hot dad nerd. Yeah, I didn't watch it because I have a penis. But what was the movie? <laughs> so you liked Jude Law? You're but missing out. That's a good question. What do you feel? Jude how do you Law feel about, is uh, not Jesse Eisenberg. Though. You know what I mean? Jesse Eisenberg. Can can I can I get and a Napoleon slideshow? Dynamite? Was Napoleon Dynamite a hot <laughs> Napoleon <nerd>? Dynamite? <laughs> he's just no. a dork. He's a non-hot no. dork um i was attracted to napoleon dynamite i was like they're just like smart confidence. hotties in a sweater probably with glasses so mm. you're just like a hot guy with glasses yeah yeah but you're smart. smart they okay. need to be smart right. and tall now this is a good question how can you tell <laughs> how can you tell if someone is smart the glasses when they speak you listen when they make words Okay, oh. that's one. That's <laughs> one theory. That's a good litmus test, to be fair. But there are people. But let me put this: the people who are doing the yeoman's work in Silicon Valley, they're probably not the most articulate speakers on the planet. The nerds who are like right. doing the intricate, intrinsic shit on the computer, they're probably not the most eloquent people on the planet. So, you want like an English professor? Like they probably have Aspergers. A lot of nerds <laughs> and Aspergers aren't the best like TED talkers. What about a hot guy with Aspergers? <laughs> Oh, they're out there. <laughs> they oh, they're out there. They oh. are out there. Yeah. Okay. The issue with that is like they they can't like make enough moves to like for me to even know that they're interested. Would you if Mark Zuckerberg? You want a hot guy with glasses who will what take about you. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> who who will literally take me? Yes. Yeah. What if Mark Zuckerberg got his reptile eyes replaced with like regular eyes and wore glasses? Would you want Mark Zuckerberg? Are we missing the element of hotness or what? <laughs> I think we're just testing how far the nerd goes against the hot. Yes. You know what I mean? But you know, On that's the nerd a, that's a good bet. scale. The nerd, yeah, the nerd, the nerd hot. versus hot. The inverse like relationship how between nerdness. How nerdy do they have to be? How successful of a nerd to outweigh? Like there's a, the there's a point where like the nerd and the hot meet, but if the nerd overwhelms the hot. Right. It's sounding like Which the hot don't you guys have this for like hot and crazy for women? Oh, with that whole That whole like hot crazy unicorn. thing? Mm. Yeah, but we don't really care about we the like crazy. A crazy. We'll put up with it. Yeah. Yeah. We put up with the crazy. It's so stupid that we do that. <laughs> I want to get your God. Let's get let's get the biography out of the way, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, Jesus okay. Christ. So I mean, I would love this to manifest the second thing. further. My yeah, dream we're, man. we're going to manifest. Just calm down. Let's want to get because this is what this is the thing that I want to get to. According to a little birdie who told me, Tommy Wakefield, in the middle of this corporate job, you had a bit of um, was it a come to Jesus? Oh, we're moment? going there. We're going oh yeah, there. we had a, we had a spiritual awakening for sure. Which is a is a nice word for mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was totally a mental breakdown. By the way, that's kind of <laughs> I had spiritual awakening, which is a nice way for mental. Put that in your act. Anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, so, it was like Kanye at his how church. Did, how did it happen? I, oh, I love moments good. like that. I love traumatic moments like that. Um, I it happened because I was on a lot of drugs and not a lot of sleep. What type of drugs? And do you have any with you? No, I'm kidding. What it, was, <laughs> it was, you know, just Ambien? mild shit. Not Ambien. I've never actually Xanax? fucked with a- Ambien. But it was a antidepressant uh-huh. 
called Effexor, which is some- Is it still around? Fucked up shit. Yeah, it's still on the market, uh-huh. and it's fine for a lot of people. They like it, but um, I was smoking a lot of weed and drinking and had Effexor, and I guess I just like- the effectser wasn't working with me. It was like mm. turning me into this like mania type Now let me just, because s- I yeah. don't know much about stuff like this, but wouldn't anyone who's prescribing effectser to you tell you that you can't drink on it, I imagine? Or is this a drug where they say Yeah, she matter? actually did say that, but I didn't kind of marketing culture really has a lot of drinking believe her. Yeah. I yeah, you probably like, I'm above it or I can beat it or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it wasn't like I was like drinking fully during the day at work it was just like after work or at the end of the day thank god it's friday go home yes but i was at that point like high all day what what so before this spiritual awakening happening what was what was the (laughs) thing that led you to start smoking every day and led you to take an antidepressant there was obviously a moment before that that led you to yeah so i i was a workaholic like majorly Mm. like all hours of the day just like obsessed with working because I guess I didn't want to pay attention to myself and my own like that's a great way to do that demons or whatever so I just was like working hard and then I went to a psychiatrist to try to get Adderall because I wanted to work even harder and then she was like no you have anxiety you need this antidepressant and you never thought that you had anxiety no never I went in like saying all of the things that seemed to apply of like the description of ADHD to try to get prescribed. And she was like, no, from everything you've said, plus just seeing you for a second, (laughs) I know that you're really anxious. Yeah. So then, so then I was like, okay, I can buy into that. And then she prescribed me this antidepressant, but that like wasn't right for me. And and how would you know? I mean, it's weird it must, uh, to, to know that something isn't right for you. It takes time to figure that out. And yeah. To know that, that and it's I had that drug. I was from else. the Midwest, so I had no like general awareness of like mental health or anything. Sure. Like at the time I was growing up, like, you know, I, I always thought like I had trouble concentrating. And I think that like with anxiety, you can have trouble concentrating because you're thinking anxious thoughts and they distract you. Yeah. So I always thought it was like ADD because that's all we learned about when I was younger. Got but uh, I wanted to get checked out for it. My parents were like, no, because then they'll give you legal meth, you know, which I agree with. Yeah. So whatever. So I ended up like going to try to get legal meth and they were like, no. And then, uh, gave me this thing. I wish I knew like what to look for, what to pay attention for, but I didn't. And so I just was like, okay, I feel great. And then it started to get weird, like three weeks in. What does it mean to start to get weird? Like, like I was just like super on, like, like if you've ever heard of like hypomania or what, like literally when like it got to the point eventually where it was like when like Kanye was on TMZ and he's like, I'm going to save the world. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. fucking weird. But like that it's, uh, I'm, I'm not bipolar or like have that, but like the drugs took me to an area that is reminiscent of that. Mm -hmm. So it like, that's not, what I'm supposed to be taking yes. is what we learned. And you're, sm- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, and you're smoking weed concurrently. Yeah. So basically like alcohol. I missed a day of the pill. Shit got weird. It felt like I had the flu. I was like really ill. And then like someone said something to me days later, I snapped and then, at work? 
like basically sent this whole email to like my company after like days of not sleeping that like was like we all need to pursue our passions and like do what we love doing and like I'm gonna be a musician now (laughs) (laughs) and I had like no like musical talent send wait you had no musical talent I mean like you must have some no I have some musical talent but like not enough to pursue it professionally that's why I'm doing comedy (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of us by the way I know know, it's like it's like either or like musicians feel that way about comedy and we feel that way about music musicians and Tommy's just some unique little soul who can do yeah but I think when (laughs) musicians say yeah man I wish I could do comedy it's like their way of saying like patting us on the back like that's so cute that you're a weirdo who does comedy I don't think they I genuinely no they genuinely like wish that they could do it and they're so envious really Mm -hmm. yeah no they genuinely want to do comedy I'm so not believing this right now. I mean, don't no, we no, no, all no. want to be rock stars at the pinnacle? Isn't rock star the pinnacle yes. of yeah, human? Yeah, but some people but think it's that, always like, greener. Yeah, and that also, comedy there's is a, there's that. a big difference between like fucking ACDC, Led yes. Zeppelin, getting your dick sucked, fucking rocking in front of stadiums, and just like your a coffee shop working class yes. musician. Those, yes, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> Doing covers for fucking like for sure. prom parties. So, um. So this, you sent this email, you're at home, you sent this email. Yeah. And what was that? I literally like was in some weird, like another dimension where I like thought I was going to like save the world. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, I feel like that's often what happens when people take a lot of Adderall. Mm -hmm. When I was on tour with Tucker Max and he was popping Adderall like Tic Tac, he was saying the most crazy Kanye West style shit about we're going to change the Hollywood business with this movie. And I was like, oh, dude, chill out on the fucking Ritalin. Anyway, so... That makes sense, though, because yeah. it's the same type, like, vibe of just, like, turning into this manic human. I Pass. say that when I drink two Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> so so you sent this email. You're feeling sick. You're home. And what... what did you just get fired? Uh, No, no, no. I ended up working there for another year afterwards. Oh, wow. And I got to take off time and, like, get better. Okay. And then... And then, yeah. My therapist was like, you actually like there was a lot of like crazy shit in what happened to me but there was some truth to it there were like ribbons of truth sure like I actually did need to be doing things that I loved and Mm -hmm. like I had lost myself in just like the work and whatever and so I finally got into like therapy and she was like you need to start doing comedy because you've always wanted to like actually get into it so you had you'd been having the comedy dream for a while yeah, I tried to do like I did Second City for a little bit in Chicago mm-hmm. and then I was just like, oh, I can't get out of work in time, like blah, blah, you know? Yeah. And so I never really. But I would like watch the main stage of Second City every week. I would like watch Late Night every single night religiously. Yeah. Like I grew up like writing the s- sketches for a pep rally and hosting it, like running all of that shit in like doing a one act, you know, all of the stuff that you do sure. when you're like a theater kid and all of my stuff skewed towards comedy. Mm-hmm. Like when I was Most really young, like would write plays for our family to do for Christmas and like, you know, all of the stuff that yeah make films with my friends, just yeah. like, you know, so I always loved it, but I didn't know that comedy was a career and I didn't know that I could like do like, it's the same thing as you were talking with advertising. Like, I feel like a lot of the people, uh, I don't know, like any of the guys in like the film program, they were like, their parents were like, oh yeah, you should like do film, you know? 
But, like, no one was ever, like, telling a, a girl, like, oh, yeah, you should, like, risk it all and, like, do this thing that yeah. you love. It's that mm. moment. So, you're <laughs> so your psychiatrist is one who, like, pushed you out of the nest, huh? That's pretty um, amazing. No, my psychiatrist was a giant cunt, but oh, okay. my therapist oh, your was therapist. great. Big yeah. therapist. There's therapist was great. She was like, yeah, you need to do and so comedy. My so mom makes that distinction. So you quit <laughs> the job with no safety net, which is always very admirable when I hear about people who did that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I was doing comedy outside of work for a year. I was in that job. I, I, um, I was doing improv and just started stand improv yeah. and sketch, then just started stand up right before I left. Yeah, and which is in hindsight like insane and ridiculous that I only was like really doing comedy for like a year, but I just knew that I wanted to be in entertainment. Period. Yeah. And like I was like, well, I could start over here doing writing and production and and like do it in advertising or I could just leave and like figure out how to get into entertainment, you know? Yeah. So, so you were given like a severance and then you like, did you do the thing where you got the hoopty and you drove from Chicago to LA or did you start in Chicago? No, I, w I was here when all this happened. Like I, oh, in LA. I had, I had like my dream ad job in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, okay. Like, yeah, I was working at a great ad agency on like which, which Target and Coors sure. and, you know. And that makes a little bit brands. more sense to me because I think yeah. when you're in L.A. and you're not part of the business, it feel the FOMO is pretty intense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just like really wanted to get into it. Where was it. your first stand up? Where did you do your first show? Flappers Comedy Club, That's baby. That's That's funny. Yeah. Flappers. I do kind of feel like everybody who moves to L.A. to do anything but show business kind of wants to do it. By the way. Yeah. That, that's literally zero people. You'll bump into a nurse you'll be in the hospital yeah and the nurse will be like oh you're an actor have you I seen have my a band? script yeah yeah <laughs> or yeah <laughs> i'm in sure. a band everyone yeah yeah, yeah there's got to be like a reason that you kind of come here you like, won't you find an uber driver who doesn't have some idea oh, yeah, for a uber movie for or sure. yeah. my buddy for came sure. here uh he went to unc chapel hill and he came here and started working in solar and uh i'm gonna say eight months Eight months went by, and he's playing bass in a band. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like he it, sounds it like a hot it. nerd. He's kind of a hot nerd. <laughs> oh, hey. We might make a love connection might tonight. Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul Irby. So how scary was that moment where you where you let it go? Was it, Were you just like, I know what I'm doing, so it wasn't scary to me? Um, I just, well, when I was in the job, like, during the day, I, I felt like I wasn't me, and I was miserable, and then I would go, like, be on some silly improv stage at night and feel like fully me and fully mm. happy. And so it was just like very clear to me that I needed to like make a change. And I, I do know that like the only way that I was going to get into doing what I love is by doing it. Yeah. And I was like, I have to like build enough of a portfolio and the things that I enjoy to be able to like segue into something different. So yeah. I was like, I'm not going to be able to like, do okay so you did a little bit more smoothly you were able to kind of start getting your sea legs on the stage and yeah before you left yeah yeah but like i really like just started stand up right before i left so that yeah. was like kind of crazy because yeah. i like didn't leave being like i'm gonna just do stand-up comedy and like make it as a comedian i didn't really like exactly know what i was gonna do but sure. i was like i was like i'm just gonna was there a moment go all in was there a moment either way i was going all in yes was there a moment after you went all in where you were like Maybe I shouldn't have gone all in. Has that ever has ever crossed your mind? I, think I mean, it does. I think just in general, like, don't like all of us just sometimes be like, what, what the fuck are we do? doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is anything happening? Like, yeah. what's going on here? 
Yes. You know, like <laughs> I don't necessarily feel at all like I've like made it. Yeah. So on a small level every single day, I feel like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like I've never once regretted the decision because when something like so giant, like what happened to me, like rattled me to my core and was like, you need to make a change. Uh-huh. And like, I got such a clear message in that way. I was like, I, I have no choice. Yeah. Like I could literally die. I think that's always doing what I, that's always, you an know, argument. like only do it if you have no choice. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I really felt like I have no choice. I got this very clear message that I need to like do what I want to do. Yeah. So like I haven't looked back in that sense because you know, yes. Yeah. Now Tommy told me that one of the other jobs that you do for money, which is what I did when I was your age, <laughs> yoga teacher. Stop is that correct? It. You were a yoga I teacher. Sure as I was heavy, heavy into the yoga. Yes. What? I was a Kundalini. Did you I was lead a- your own cults? Basically, if you were doing Kundalini, I mean, Kundalini is, yeah, a lot of people say it's a cult. If you don't know what Kundalini yoga is, I'll do a quick sort of synopsis. I'll do the spark notes of Kundalini. Okay, okay. okay. I just like to label anything as a cult, full disclosure. (laughs) Look, everything's a cult until it gets really big and then it's no longer a cult. Comedy is for sure a cult. (laughs) Oh, everything's a cult. Yeah. Jiu Jitsu is a cult. Landmark Forum is a cult. Everything's a cult. Starbucks is a cult. Yes, everything's a cult. (laughs) If you're not in it, it's a cult. Mm-hmm. If you're in it, you're like, no, man, we're just all friends. <laughs> um, we're just self-aware. So there was obviously yoga started in India, and there was a lot of disciplines. And Kundalini yoga was considered the discipline that you do after ye- after 25 years of hatha. Uh-huh. You, your body and your mind are prepared for Kundalini because you awaken the Kundalini energy, which can drive people crazy. Literally. Oh, shit. So, yeah, is y- that why they do all those weird cat-cow breathing things? Because they're all crazy? Maybe. So Yogi Bhajan <laughs> came to New York and from India, and he said, I think New Yorkers, they operate at such a fast pace, and there's such an interesting energy here. Uh-huh. You know, Manhattan's on a quartz field. So he said, I think we can introduce Kundalini in New York. And everyone's like, no, you're going to make people go crazy. And at one point, what's the name of the psychiatric institute, that the AMDA, or what the fuck is it called? ADA? Mm-hmm. The American Psychiatric Institute? What's the thing that regulate APA? S-R-O-C? Something like that. They said that that Kundalini would. They actually wrote papers and made studies and said it made people crazy. So hmm. there's a huge stigma. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I did it when I was like I started doing it when I was in graduate school because I just wanted to meet cute <laughs> girls. I think right. that's why a lot of guys start yoga. Totally. Something about the word they Kundalini if is they a little already. close to cunnilingus. I don't think that's. Am I the I, only I, one who is hearing that? Kundalini, Kundalini yeah. yoga. It does lend it's itself sexual. to a very it arrogant. Make, it makes me think of sexual. Did it thing. make your Kundalini. little? Did it make your dick tingle hearing yes. that word? I mean, mm, mm. well, Kundalini is the basis for all the tantras. It is a very tantra. See, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not really pulling this out of thin air. Yeah, There's yeah, it's true. Anybody doing you, you, Kundalini? You do a yoga? lot of you do a lot of kegels in Kundalini. I swear to God. It's yeah, it's called Mulabandha. Yeah. Anyway, Kegalini. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Kegalini. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I did that for a while, <laughs> and then I had then I had uh, not a mental breakdown, but I had a moment where I I lost. Did Kundalini turn you crazy? Yeah, but that's what it was great for me. It got, it got. I felt disingenuous after a while. I would show, I would get drunk the night before doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. And show up at nine in the morning, like, hey guys, everyone, just 
you know, sit in easy pose. And I was like, I'm not that, I'm not enlightened. Right. I'm yeah. a degenerate. So it <laughs> felt like, and, and there were people who were really, commi- and I also saw a lot of men doing a lot of creepy shit. And that's really what turned me off. Yeah. There's too many men. I'd go take classes and these guys were just, this, a female ballet dancer who's taking Jiva Mukti would have the perfect downward dog. Right. And instructor and he come, comes to a come gesture. And like pull her hit. And then there's a guy shaking. He's like basically in plank. He doesn't even know what the fuck downward dog is. I'm like, help that fat dude with the fucking muscle tee. Yeah. Yeah. Don't help this perfectly aligned ballet dance. What the fuck is wrong with these people? When I first started, I would totally do that to the hot guys. I would I like it, massage yeah. them when they're like laying down. <laughs> Did oh you really? God. Are you serious? Yeah, for sure. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm going to give them a head massage. When they like, were in know what's up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would like totally prey on the hot guys for sure. I still, to some extent, like when there's like some super hot guy, I'll be like, hey, when your class pack runs out, like I'll give you free classes. Because like I need them around. You know what I mean? <laughs> to, to lure like. He's your honeypot to lure more women yeah, to class? Yeah, I want a lot of hot guys in my class. I mean, that's just good business right there. Yeah. By the way, when she business. says it, it's just so charming and not creepy. <laughs> right. If I were to say the equivalent, how gross would that fucking be? I know, and that's feminism. That's feminism <laughs> in a nutshell. Fourth wave feminism for you, baby. And how long have you been teaching yoga? What type of yoga do you teach? Um, I've been teaching mm-hmm. yoga for, I guess, a year and a Oh, my God. Is it almost two years? <gasps> Where two were you years. certified? Hot eight yoga. I don't know. Okay. Oh, so you do yeah. hot yoga. Yeah. Hot yoga. Yeah. Okay. So let's unpack this a little bit because hot yoga, almost all of it is derived from Bikram. Shouted, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they've divorced themselves from Bikram, but you probably do the same sequence. Yeah. Okay. But so I, I don't, I don't like teach that sequence because now hot yoga, we, you know, it's just, it's just, it's called just, hot yoga, yes. but there's, there's that class that is the Bikram sequence that our studio calls 26 and two. And then like a bunch of different other styles. So, so I teach Tommy, three different so styles. So you don't know Bikram mm-hmm. was a perfect example of what we were talking about. Yeah. Not when she's creeping on, but men creeping on women. He would, he was basically a cult leader. Who? Bikram Chowdhury. Okay. And, and, and people worshiped him. They adored him. He, he invented this style of, he created these 27 postures, is it? Or 17? 26. 26. And, um, and he said, this is the secret to health and longevity and da, da, da. And he was a complete narcissist. Mm-hmm. The biggest, if just Google Bikram Chowdhury 60 minutes, the biggest douche on the fucking planet. I think I've heard There's the name like before. so much drama. And yeah. he would just have his students like suck his dick and fuck him and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and when he was interviewed about it, mm-hmm. They're like, is it true that you were sleeping with your students and made them feel uncomfortable to, you know, made them feel like they had sleep with you? And he goes, do you understand that people will line up around the block for one drop of my sperm? One drop. They will line up for miles for one drop of my sperm. Why do I want to fuck these trash? These trash. These women are trash. People will pay millions for one drop of my sperm. This is on 60 Minutes? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, you never heard that? It is literally. It's one. Of the, it's almost like the fucking Jack Nicholson moment from A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth. All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, you just revealed block. by defending yourself. You revealed what a piece of shit you are." Mm. Um, so all the hot yoga places, the Bikram places, they removed his name and they would change the the name of the studio to some other fucking bullshit name. Mm-hmm. But they would still teach Bikram's practices, and they would still have pictures of him. On the wall. And at one point, I was at a studio in New York. 
And is he the father of yoga in some senses? Of, of this particular style. style. He mainstreamed yeah. it. But he's probably the most famous yoga person in America, for sure, maybe in the world. Yeah, but he, um, he, so I would take this class, and the woman was, it was a hot yoga. They divorced themselves from, from Bikram. Mm-hmm. And this woman was talking about going to his wedding and kept mentioning Bikram and things. And I would just remember getting so fucking mad. And then I went to a class, and apparently my membership was up, or I did like the thing where you do with the free week, and I tried to use a different name yeah. to get another free week, yeah. and they caught me. I was like, you know what? You're supporting a goddamn rapist in this goddamn. I was like, I made a huge fucking scene. Oh my god, I love. That. But it's true. It's like you're you're supporting every time you mention his goddamn name. You have pictures of this guy. Oh, we're not connected to him. That money's still trickling to him somehow. Yeah. If he's totally. connected, yeah. Like so we're supposed to expect that he's living on a boat somewhere. Yeah, and I do think that there's a lot of a, a lot of that not. goes on in yoga, and I I just found out it happens with the women too. <laughs> Who knew? Um, Only with hot guys. <laughs> so the fat guy in the muscle <laughs> tee who's who's sweating and shaking. Um, Only but yoga. Do, do you feel above. that? Do you feel that yoga helps you with your comedy? Oh yeah, for sure. I actually think that um, training to be a teacher, specifically, like the first style that I started teaching is like yoga sculpt. That's like a boot camp. Yeah. Style with like a downward dog. That that. Teaching that style specifically really, I think, helped me with comedy because, like, you're yelling and screaming and, like, commanding things at people that, like, it kind of, like, helps you command a room. Yes. Not that I go on stage and I'm, like, yelling and screaming, but, like, also you're cultivating a very specific type of energy in any style you're teaching of yoga and you're commanding a room in that way. So, like, from sculpt to, like, a regular yoga to a yin yoga where you're, like, fully zen and you're taking people to this like hypnotic state basically yeah. like you know how to like work with energy in mm-hmm. every way and like sense. a group of people's collective energy is really what we're doing in comedy so it's that makes like a, lot of sense. a different way to play with it mm-hmm. and i get to joke with my students in class and they're like suffering or like in weird poses so if you can hear them laugh it's like they're the hardest crowd, you know? Yeah. Because to make them laugh, it's like... So they have you to literally really will try out jokes? Like, they're okay, they're I gotta, distracted. I got a mic later tonight. Let me try this out <laughs> in my yoga class. <laughs> no. I just, like, riff things with them, you yeah. know? Have you ever d- said something in yoga? You're like, I gotta fucking write that down. That was good. <laughs> Nothing that I would, like, use in it. Well, I mean, I get stuff for my bits from yoga. Yeah. But the shit that I say in class, I'd, I don't typically be like... I'm going to use this. So what's interesting to me about the thing with <laughs> yoga v comedy or in conjunction with comedy is that the idea of having an examined life and a full life in a life without pain, misery, suffering, you know, uh, the, the yoga lifestyle that you're aiming for, that yoga purports to aim for, right, mm-hmm. seems contrary to the life of a comic, which is really just sitting in your pain and complaining about it. So do you feel that they're, that they're cross currents with each other or do you feel that I don't know. That's something that I always thought about. Like, I'm trying to be enlightened as a yoga teacher, but as a comic, I'm drinking and smoking and trying to bang the hot girl in the second row. L O L. You're that trying to bang the hot so guy in the funny. second row of the yoga class. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not gonna not take an opportunity of some hot guy that comes to me from the stage. But that's a little bit more rare for women than it is. For guys, I assume. I'm curious I about know. that. So, have you been on the road? Um, yeah, I mean, I 
haven't like featured or like opened for anybody, but I've just gone on the road myself. Yeah. And do you feel, cause I've talked to several women about that when they go on the road as a woman, it's not the thing well, like guys will go on the road. Guys will go on the road to get laid sometimes. Yeah. Like I could be in town, but I could go to fucking Tampa. Yeah. I mean, you I've know. definitely gotten dates from shows from like guys in the audience who like, you know, saw my set or didn't see my set. <laughs> Are we air quoting dates? <laughs> <laughs> dates. <laughs> dates. No, I have. Um, That's crazy because as a woman, it's also a much scary experience to meet a stranger at a comedy club and maybe go home with them, I imagine. Because you're like, you're, it's more of a risk, I guess. Maybe, but like usually it's like, I don't know some party that's thrown yeah. by you know or like one of our friends is producing the show like somebody knows somebody nine degrees blah 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 you know yeah. they're not like a craigslist killer <laughs> hopefully <laughs> unless they wandered off the street and made up a story which like people do find some weird shit on like eventbrite and whatever yeah they'll be like i'm in from norway and they like literally i had like people <laughs> from belgium like come to a show and they're like i found you on website and i'm like Whoa. what <laughs> that's crazy i've had you know what's crazy about this i've had women that i've met after shows i've hung out having drinks whatever and we may or may not be heading back to my hotel room why am i sound like vince vaughn all of a sudden after the show and they, they literally go like wait 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 you're not gonna kill me are you oh now, my god but it's happened more than once and i put the knife away i'm like huh. no but i think that and i always say like if i was going window. to kill you do you think you just did a got me question, like a gotcha question? Like, why would I, I guess it's they, they just want to f- they just hear you read say your it. face when they want to hear your face. They want to see your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And my argument is always kind of like start sweating, you know. My argument has always been, um, I have a show tomorrow. I don't want to be in the, <laughs> you know, I don't want to deal with a murder. It's pretty good. That seems like a valid argument. Anyway, seems um, like a valid alibi. Um, I think the only way that yoga to answer your question that yoga and comedy are at odds is like if I need to teach a fucking early class in the morning and I'm out late for comedy yes but generally speaking I think that there uh, I think that there are too many people in comedy walking around feeling sorry for themselves for sure and the whole point is that we're supposed to be making people laugh and feel better yes and the whole point of yoga is to make people feel better yes but people get confused if they're narcissistic about how they approach comedy Mm -hmm. and like the whole point is to make people feel better and happier and healed and have a cathartic experience or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. And that's like coming from a similar vein as what you want from yoga. It's all yes. healing. I agree-ish. I mean, it's entertainment. We're entertaining people. We're not here to make people feel upset about our own I guess sadness. So. But I also think, <laughs> I, by the way, I used to 100%, I used to get in arguments with Joe DeRosa all the time because Joe DeRosa is all point of view. He's like, man, I got to tell people what I fucking think. And sometimes he would just eat a dick on stage. Mm. And I'm like, Joe, I'm taking, my, I'm pulling my thong strap. I'm taking my pants off for my Wonder Woman bit. I'm <laughs> doing the worm on stage. I'm, I'm doing whatever the fuck it takes to get a laugh because that's what I'm being paid for and that's right. what they're paying for. Yeah. And maybe because I'm becoming a curmudgeonly old man, I've become much more ensconced in my point of view. And like, I got to say something that has meaning beyond mm-hmm. just making people laugh. Yeah. And the result is I'm much more divisive as a comic than I used to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
I, I struggle with that sometimes because if I go up there now when I do jokes that like will m- kill anywhere, yeah, like a joke like, "Hey, dude, black girl, once you go white, your vagina stays tight." Like from two thousand seven, like a joke like <laughs> LOL. that. Mm-hmm. Well, it will destroy, and then I want to I want to commit Harry Carey, and well, then I'll do it again in the next show. Okay, <laughs> so for the yoga argument, say theoretically, we're still talking about yoga yes. and comedy. Not everybody goes to Bikram's class and fucking loves it. You know, yes. like people are like, this is painful. I'm upset. I don't like this. You know, they're being challenged because they're being challenged and they're being put in postures that they don't like and they're uncomfortable and they might not even believe uh, in in the way that he does things. You, you know, know what I mean? What? What I'm go- so it's you're but providing a safe goal, space to be challenged. Yeah. The ultimate yes. goal is to make them feel better. They might not all like it, but mm. the people who like it follow that guy, you yes. know? And do you have stuff in your goal is to heal people? Do you have stuff in your comedy where you feel you are trying to challenge people? I mean, I think like I, I I mean, I'm still like a generally speaking a baby comic, Uh you know. But I think that like certain bits that I have now, I'm definitely poking fun of myself in a very like self aware way Mm -hmm. of like, you know. I don't know where sometimes people will be like, oh, or like blah, 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 especially like the more I get into roasts and everything, it's like everything's a joke and you're just like saying random shit that yeah. is like maybe not politically correct or this and that. But it's like the whole point is that it's a it's a joke. Yes. So not everybody's going to like every joke or always you do, react you do to roasts? a full laugh. You do roasts? Yeah, I'm getting into it more now. And it, you don't feel that that is negative? I think personally, and this can totally change because I'm just getting into it more. But I, I think that personally, for me, the goal of a roast is to be able to talk about everything. Yes. And to make it funny. Yes. So, like, for me, I don't, especially like doing showcases that's around LA for seven or 10 minutes or whatever it is. I'm not always launching into like, I had a mental breakdown. Like I do, <laughs> I do some of those bits just like randomly on stage when I'm like at open mics and whatever. Cause at some point, like I'll want to be talking about it when I have more time to really like take people through a whole journey, but I'm not like going up for five minutes somewhere random being like and then you know like i just don't yes but if you're doing a roast like you expect that someone's gonna joke about that and take you down that path and make fun of it and you're gonna joke at them back and it's just like an easier way to bring those topics onto stage that makes sense you know and ultimately that's why i'm on stage like that happening to me or whatever that experience is like the reason i'm on stage so i should be talking about it to normalize it more or make people understand like because i had no idea that that shit could like ever happen to me or what to do when it did sure and like how to you know my whole journey and like doing comedy and teaching yoga and whatever is like to ultimately be healthy so that i never experience something that makes sense because you're also this is part of the better you're also a vegan yeah. So yoga teacher, vegan. Yeah. I don't drink or do drugs or anything. You like, dr- and you you're know. no longer on any antidepressants or anything like that. No. Well. Do you smoke weed? Because um, Tommy's smoking some right now. You can hear by his cough. That's no, <laughs> I, I don't smoke <laughs> weed, but I but I appreciate that my friends do. It's kind of funny <laughs> that you bring up her being a vegan because when uh, I first asked her if she wanted to be on the podcast, she Uh-oh. was like, uh, does he know I'm a vegan? 
That's so no, funny. well, I said, I you said, oh, he's reputation. definitely gonna come, come at me for being a vegan. No, no, you're but vegan the, but like we've said, like I'm mostly vegan. Bill's mostly a vegan. People don't know. And this. I know it's right. I I have actually changed. He's like a vegan. When I talk about it, when I talk about it. Well, I'm not a full, full vegan, but He's I'm not a vegan. I'm shying away from meat. He eats at Veggie Grill like four times a week, though. Yeah. So that's like yeah. he gets a B minus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is like I don't know. I feel like this is why I started doing my comedy the way that I do, just being like I'm a basic bitch, blah blah, blah and like making fun of all this stuff because uh-huh. I feel like there's so many people who get on stage and rip on crystals and like all of that shit. And then they go home and they fucking and pray they, to their rose they do their Buddhist chant. Yeah. And like are even more into it than I am. And yes. I'm like, how do you go on stage and make fun of all these people? Yes. When you are one of them. Yes. Well, the vegan thing for me when I do it in my act is mostly an excuse for me to sort of send up a lot of far left ideology in a way that's safe where I don't go, Hey, liberals are fucking stupid. What are they doing? Where I'm kind of conflating veganism with far left liberalism. Yeah. Which is not. I love that bit. It is so funny. By the way, there's a lot of vegan Trump supporters. Did you know that? <laughs> there's I didn't a know lot. That. It's actually bizarre. <laughs> I thought they I mean, were all just strictly ham. Yeah, I thought they literally only ate Chick fil A every <laughs> day. <laughs> no, there's a big, there's like, yeah, I know f- f- four. Vegan Trump supporters. Well, my a dad's very not bizarre one of them. <laughs> one of them. I'll tell you what. He's there's some. There's some Republicans who are very much military mindset. You know, they're very disciplined. They're very. You got to earn every fucking cent for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they eat right, and they go to the gym, and they do business. And yeah. They're just robots. Yeah, I and admire those like, people. Yeah, they're like, if it ain't happening for you, that's tough luck. It's a tough <laughs> luck society. <laughs> Yeah. There's no laws. This is the Wild West. <laughs> yeah. And I'll the do what I have list. to do to survive. You yeah. Know? These type of people. Oh, Why don't they diagnose laziness as a mental illness? Because I think I would get diagnosed with that. Why can't that be a DSM? I think that's called depression. Yeah, I think that's depression. My parents think I'm depressed. Yeah. What if I was? Ugh. No, you're just lazy. I will tell you this. When <laughs> I smoke weed, when I smoke weed, I know for a fact. When I know for a fact when I smoke weed that killing animals is wrong. Oh, word. I'll, I'll eat beef and meat all day, and I'll go home. I'll smoke weed, and I'll go. Oh my god, they're killing cows! I think weed yeah. makes you more liberal, probably. It does. Know? I think it well makes you present to a lot of the atrocities going on in the world you know? in a way that's really real to me. I, I think it's so. When mm-hmm. I smoke weed, I'm like, it's totally wrong. When I'm sober, I'm like, let me have a burger. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. Anyway, so um, although weed does not make you a vegan, because I'll smoke weed and be like, I need some chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. Right now. Well, vegan, the more vegan I am, the fatter I am. I swear to God. You're a, you're an Oreo vegan. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oreos are a vegan meal. If people Oreos are meal. fully vegan. They're not gluten-free, but they're vegan. Potato chips. And the day I learned that was the day I just Switched to veganism. went downhill. Mm. Now, are you like an Oreos adamant? I could eat like a whole yes. fucking thing. Are you an adamant vegan? Are you a uh, proselytizing vegan? Do you try Every to convert people? Every once in a while, I'll be vegetarian, especially if I'm like out of town because it's really hard yeah, it's in very LA. Hard. Oreos and almond milk. That's the name of your album. Oreos and almond milk. I love that. <laughs> that's that's the Neil Brennan joke. And I feel like it's already dated. You can't say it. But I'm quoting Neil Brennan. So don't friggin dox me. Uh <laughs> He goes, yeah, because he's br- vegan, right? And uh-huh. he goes, you know, in LA it's really easy to be. But when you go out of town, it's like, hey, where did the faggots eat? 
Uh, yeah. Oh, was that on his first special? I think so. That was a wild special. <laughs> yeah. He said the N-word like a ton in that. Did he really? At the time, in the culture, it appeared that he had a pet. He had the card, man. The yeah. crowd full of black people, but he was yeah. on Chappelle's show. And at the time, yes. that was like the highest status that a white dude could have in That's the black comedy community. I think if he did that now, it wouldn't matter. Well, he doesn't do it now. No. No. Um, so but, you know, 2012 was a different world. So you're you're vegan, but you eat, you have honey. You will have honey, right? Yeah, you're I have anti-B. honey. You have yeah, honey. I mean, I I I do my absolute best with yes. everything. Yes. You know, I'm vegan, but I'm wearing this leather jacket. Inch- it's not pleather. I bought it before I was vegan, so I continue. Oh, that's to wear interesting. It. That I jacket got grandfathered it. in. That's hilarious. The jacket is grandfathered in. The bag is grandfathered in. The shoes are grandfathered in. And I've the purse she's going to buy next items. week will be grandfathered in. I've had yes. these key items for a long time. I do still buy, like, animal goods that are secondhand. Right. Yes, that's the argument. They because go. Because that shit has already happened. However, that you're still contributing to a cycle. The blood is on the hands of the You're still contributing owner. to a cycle of creating more of these products for people to wear. But I'm recycling clothing yes. for generations to come. But then you buy these recycled clothing and then Salvation Army is like, hey, we need more of these these leather jackets. So we got to... Yeah, anyway, Salvation Army good. is fucking... By the way, Salvation Army, they're I in the fucking shit right now. I buy really? recycled clothing. Yeah, people are, are protesting Salvation Army because they're a Christian-based donation center. What? So they're being protested. That's pretty ridiculous. I haven't... Tell those people to do stand-up comedy. So oh they can God. really make a statement. Yes. <laughs> um, Sometimes I, s- I like at the open mic level, some people are just walking up there and getting the evil out of them. They're literally just trying to. Yeah. They're just walking up there and they're just venting. There's literally a guy who goes to the fourth wall and he's like, I just needed to get out of my house. I'm going <laughs> through a divorce and I just want to talk to somebody. And a lot of there. three month after divorce people I see at open mics. Yeah. Totally. They'll be like... It's like, <laughs> it's a natural part of their midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. I saw a woman go up and be like, I just got divorced and I'm back on the apps. And I had sex for the first time. And we were all like, damn, all right. Have you been to open mics where, you, where women just start crying and talking about like their life? I've never seen a weep, a weeper, a weeping willow. Well, I've seen it. But yeah. I, you know... Yeah, I don't think I've ever... I have seen some sad things. <laughs> <laughs> I see sad things every week. Yeah, it's really <laughs> sad out there. It's when, really when sad. When you say your parents think you might be depressed, I have a theory. Everybody in showbiz is a little depressed. It's just a weird world. But I don't think I'm depressed. Oh. I don't think I'm depressed. But my parents are like, Bill, maybe you should go on some Zoloft or something. Oh, Bozak. that's weird. Nah. And I'm like, what? What about? Then nah, I start feeling, like, am I fucking? I don't. I don't think I am. Yeah, you're probably good. Just because I lay in bed 18 hours a day. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> just means I'm tired. I'm kidding. The life of a comedian, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a lazy one, but it is like a weird schedule where you have days open. Yes. You know, and there's, it's so Bizarre. easy to let days slip away. But if, you know. I feel like you yes. say that, but you're always so busy. Who, me? Yeah. Well, that's because I you can are barely making it by employed. financially. Yeah. I am. I am gainfully employed with underpaid work from every angle. There's constant. <laughs> constantly being offered to me by it but uh, more normally i just have enough enough time i'm just like i'm just work on my stand-up or whatever yeah 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 so listen 
you know, now I'm, uh, I'm not stoned yet, but uh, Jane, um, did we learn you are. anything? We learned a lot about you. Well, I, I forgot. I did had a question. Fun? <laughs> I think it was fun. Fun. I mean, I had fun. I just hope the people listening had some fun. No, they do. I think people learned a lot in this episode. Yeah. Yes. What, what was our bit? What was our bit that we did? Oh, it was um, nerd versus hot. How how nerdy you have to be to be? Yeah, yeah. The nerd. We determined hot Mark scale. Zuckerberg wasn't nerdy enough to be hot. <laughs> Wait, Mark what? Mark Zuckerberg wasn't hot enough. Is not. What? I can't. Not I can't type. even say it. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is not hot enough. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> but his money I is that hot joint enough. And now I'm like, <laughs> his money I'm is wait, hot I'm literally an hour ago. That shit put me an hour back in time. <laughs> oh my god, the your time before time. So um, so what's next for you, Jane? What's 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 the world look like? What's the yoga? Where do you where do you see the the next big thing? What's on your vision board? Oh my god, on my vision board. Do you really have a vision board? Of course I do. Of yeah. course you do. But I need to update it because I feel like I, I feel now like a I vision board for people for the great unwashed who doesn't know what that is. <laughs> it's like a poster board and you put pictures of things that you want on it or do you write things? I actually don't know. What the fuck you it can is. put all you can put everything. Anything. Just things that when you look at it, make you feel inspired and happy and the general like sense of what you want your life to be, you know, So aspirational collage. Yeah. What, what's the difference between so FOMO and aspirational? Visualizing it is supposed to help you make it a reality. Yes. But I need to update mine because I think it's a little bit too materialistic. It's all about focus. Was you have Ferraris? I just have a bunch of like like entertainment logos and like a giant check with like a bajillion dollars on it. I don't you think know? entertainment logos is is materialistic. <laughs> materialistic would be like a Lamborghini <laughs> and like a hot chick covered in oil laying on top of yeah, it. Yeah, no, there there is great stuff. I have like salads on it, you know. Salads on yeah. your vision board? S- salads, yeah. Can't you just go buy a salad and like <laughs> I did it? Yeah, but that's that's why because it's on my vision board, so I bought the salad. Interesting. You know. Okay. Yeah, it helps me eat healthier to see leaves on a board. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I gotta make a vision board. I don't have any room in my. I should apartment. make a vision no, there's, board. Yeah, there's a there's a beautiful place in Palisades Everybody on there. Everybody listening should make a there's, vision board. There's a, oh, are you talking about Lake Shrine? Em- there's a hot loving embrace on in sunset on a on a beach. You know. Wow. There's a there's a golden doodle on there. Oh, there's, a dog, you there know, you yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what, golden doodles—they're so not rescue dogs. I know. I think I would shit? rescue a poodle because I'm for sure not allergic to it, and it's rescued. Yeah, yeah. Which are hard to find, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. You can find them. Rescue poodle. A rescue poodle. Yeah. I people guess tend poodles, to keep their poodles. That's funny. Black cats and pit bulls. That's mm. what people don't want. Yeah, that's sad for and the black chihuahuas. cats. I know black cats are cool, man. You got a bad rap, man. It's such horseshit. Black cats are literally like, no one will get a black cat because nobody will walk under ladders do either. Have black cats. I have. I had a black cat. I think they're the fucking jam diggity. But I'm saying in general. How were those years when you owned the black cat? Wait a second. Ha! <laughs> 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 Wait a minute. They oh keep it's hard to get rid of broken mirrors at Goodwill either, you know. Mm. They're like you didn't break it. Come on. Why would you sell something broken or I guess you're giving it away? Yeah. Just for the bad luck, I guess. Just the side of the road. <laughs> Just for the set decoration. <laughs> yeah. Um That's wild. So comedy-wise, what's the, what's on the vision board for you? Um stand up is my number one bay. 
stand up is my number Hilarious. one bay. I want to uh. be able to perform as much as possible to as big of audience as possible. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I do really enjoy joke writing, but I think I think my path in this wild world is entertainment hosting and like comedic commentary type vibe. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. E news. E news. Get Ryan at me. S- female Ryan Se- Seacrest. Love it. Ryan Seacrest is funny, dude. People fell asleep on Ryan Seacrest. Sure. He's a fucking funny I dude. I mean, he's got major I mean, personality to make it yeah. like that. Yeah. Billions of dollars off the Kardashians. So yeah. He must wow. getting like into that world and producing some guy. shit, hosting some shit. That's and by my the jam, way, baby. this ties into like we talk sometimes. We touch about Me Too here, and I've always my theory about Me Too is this: the people that get taken down are mm-hmm. the people who aren't making money for people. Because Ryan Seacrest has been accused. Really? Ryan Seacrest is still at the top of his oh, fucking game. Oh, they will bury it if they can. For oh, my a God. When you're a multi-billion dollar industry like mm-hmm. Ryan Seacrest, Yo, Ronaldo like, mm-hmm. got Christiana accused. Ronaldo. He basically, man. he's like, yeah, she was sleeping. I saw her butt. I just took it, you know? And mm-hmm. they're like, mm, okay, fucking want to win. they're like, win. you're Ronaldo. What are we going to do? Yeah. But like yeah. Harvey Weinstein comes out Crazy. with tulip fever, and they're like, you're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and he had been accused way before that. Now, do you have a story Anyways. to close us out with that may be Drama. touching, heartwarming, dramatic, uh, cliffhangery? So, well, I guess there was a, a time before I stopped drinking that I was at One Oak, that club. Go on. One Oak, the club. So far, so good. Ever heard of it? Sunset Boulevard. And George Clooney the was there. The night was young. Mm-hmm. Usher was there. Ooh. It was the weekend's birthday. Oh. Wow. He looked and like he a- had no life behind his eyes. Really? Actually, I'm going to tell two Hollywood stories. I love it. Because I just think Hollywood stories are so funny. And I don't experience these all that, all that often. Yeah. But I'll be, I'll be brief. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the distance, I spotted Ryan Seacrest. At a table. Whoa, that's almost too much coincidence that you're bringing up a Ryan Seacrest story. Well, that's why I'm telling the story. He summoned me over. How does one summon one over? He pointed at me and like pointed with the index finger finger and was like, "Come come here." Yeah. By the way, kind of pimp. If you just go. I know it's like, is that just from '90s movies? And you're not going to say no because Ryan Seacrest. Right. He looked like he hadn't slept in three years. Yes. Like, he had bags under his eyes. He was much shorter IRL than you would ever expect him to be. Mm. He what was probably talking? shorter than me. Five, like, six? No. Uh, Four, six? Because I was wearing, like, <laughs> these thigh-high tall boots. Like, he was shorter than me, I think. Right. Wow. Yeah. And he, he was, called he, me over. Was he sitting down with bottle service type of thing? Surrounded by fucking sycophants? Yes. Yeah. It went through the fence. Mind you, this was before I was sober. Uh-huh. So I had indeed 10 minutes prior pissed my pants all over the dance floor of the club. Oh, my God. <laughs> you pissed your pants on the dance floor. And then Ryan Seacrest summoned you over. Then Ryan he was Seacrest like, summoned me over. Who's that girl who smells? Like, mm. She's a I squirter. think he thought I was a different kind of wet. He, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. he spun me. He dipped me. Oh, he and then danced he with went you. Over with, he went home with this skinny, skinny bimbo girl in a bandaged dress so after he dipped you he just dropped you on the floor <laughs> and, and like, then just went off with some other girl yeah there's part of the story missing right that's there just, that's just 
Did you throw your game? Did you spit game at Ryan Seacrest? Were you like, hey? Honestly, it just was what, what it was. <laughs> this girl who pissed story. her pants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next story. Did you fuck Ryan Seacrest? You don't want to say it? Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. He went home with that bandage dress girl. Ugh. I went to a, I, I wound up at my first ever Hollywood sex party. Yeah. On now Halloween. Which Did you know it was a hollow sex party before you got into it? No, but I knew it was a I knew it was like a Hollywood Halloween party. So I knew that mm. like people would be near naked. Yeah, there'd be cocaine if not and dicks. Some yes. amount of naked. Mm-hmm. There was uh there were a lot of naked people from the second I walked in <laughs> that were hired there to be naked. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. And, and, and they're just walking around like hors d'oeuvres? Paid had like masks. an orgy? All the people had like masks This is on eyes wide face. shut type of shit. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, okay, I get if you're like getting paid. Like, you know, there's a lot of feminists who are like, being a sex worker is great. Do it. You know, sure. I'm, I'm <sighs> like, I, I don't even have an opinion on the topic. But I guess my opinion is like... <laughs> If you're gonna if you're gonna like be naked, just be naked. Like, don't wear a mask. You know what I mean? Because you're gonna pay to be naked. Just own it and be proud of it. You know. But mm. maybe the guy who ran the party made them wear masks. I think and the mask that's n- what adds I'm not to the weird, down with. like hot mystery of it all. I think so too, but it looked really demeaning. Anyway. There was a naked dude with some Viagra dick getting pulled around on a chain, holding a fan, and then the girl pulling him around with a leash was like whipping him. Oh my god! It was crazy. Wait, what are you doing during this time? What are you doing in this room? I'm wearing a moderate amount of clothing, but less than I normally would wear, Mm -hmm. and I was just observing all of it Mm -hmm. and dancing. Did you have a mask? Did you wait? Did you pee your pants when you were dancing? No, because I'm sober now. Okay, got it. Only when I used to drink would I pee most times. (laughs) So you're sober in this situation yeah this was this on? year this year this halloween this is yeah, like a month this was ago like a few you have months a ago on? i went to my first sex party Halloween was you not guys... a few months ago what the hell is wrong with you it was last month okay yeah <laughs> it was wow time is so warped here okay so yeah it was last month then. and what'd you do and uh so, so okay so there was a tarot card reader there first of all paris hilton was at this party so all of my childhood dreams have been met mm-hmm um, but there was a tarot card reader and literally inside this sex dungeon. Mm-hmm. And I met with the tarot card reader and I was like, hey, so uh, these people at this party, their futures, are they looking bright? Oh, wow. I like that. <laughs> and she was like, I just got reamed out by some model girl who was not happy with what I had to say was her future. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, she said that? That's hilarious. And she was literally spraying like all this like Palo Santo and, and weird oils and things. She was like, I have to cleanse my aura. She couldn't even speak during my whole reading because she was so shaken up from the woman who yelled at her because she was like so displeased with where her life was going. Yikes. Yeah. Wow. But... Was, was that an uplifting is story? Is that how the night ended? <laughs> I feel like you're hiding things. It's fine. What did you learn from all of this? Yes, um, good question. I learned from all of this that I would never meet my future husband at a sex party. That's good. And that I didn't give a fuck what any man at that party thought about me yeah. or my appearance or anything. Yeah. So I just had a lot of fun. 
Mm. That's good. Most people there were incredibly vapid, but I also learned that I come off incredibly vapid at a party like that because what the fuck are we going to talk about? That's true. Maybe you that's know? why they were in masks because guys like, hey, don't talk stupids. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's like you're literally sitting on a mattress next to a girl and she's like, hey, what's your name? And I'm like, it's Jane. Like, I, I don't want to wow, talk to you about anything. Jane. Of what substance, an interesting you know? name. Yeah. I also learned that I enjoy cigarettes because I was dressed as a Parisian girl mm. with minimal amount of clothes. <laughs> yes. And uh, so I had to like dress the part or whatever. But I started smoking the cigarettes on the week that all of L.A. was on fire. So it was the mm. best week to smoke a pack of cigarettes because all of us were inhaling ash anyway. <laughs> okay. I love a, I get I love a good justification. <laughs> <laughs> and they were those hipster ones yeah. that are like fully recyclable. Oh my hey, God. if you're going to be breathing smoke, might as well have what fun mean, with it. You mean you just put that butt anywhere and because it becomes a tree? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They grow tobacco leaves Oh, that's beautiful. out of the ground. No, I don't know, but. Um, yeah. Well, Jane, listen, I'm so glad you came. You're very cool. Tommy has nothing but great things to say about you. He's checking his Twitter feed we're right besties. now. We're besties, yeah. Um, He's seeing, <laughs> seeing if we're racking up the likes. I swear to God, he literally is on Twitter. So, um. So I I look forward to seeing you seeing you around the the scene. Me too. I'm not going anywhere. Hell yeah, girl. All right, it's a long life. Anyway, guys, check Jane out at Jane at Jane Johnson. Johnson's S E N S E N. Yeah. S E N underscore on Instagram. And make sure you follow her on Twitter so Tommy does not beat her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see where we're at <laughs> by the time this comes out, which is I don't know December. Two. This is a Christmas episode, I think. Oh my right. God! Wow, thanks. we really could have themed it up. Thanks. Now we're gonna now we're gonna stop, the, and now it's gonna be really interesting once we stop. Then we're gonna talk about the real shit. What really happened at that sex party? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming, guys. I'm gonna. Yay. Night.